Hello everyone and welcome back to the Two Baggies One Lumble podcast. A bit of a different one today. Uh, as you guys know, we are first and foremost a West Brom podcast. Uh, me and Dom are first and foremost West Brom fans. Uh, but second to that, um, we are football fans and football uh, is our favourite sport. It is something that we hold very dearly, much like a lot of you guys and it's safe to say billions across the planet. Um and it's also safe to say that billions of those people have been betrayed uh, in the last uh, 48 hours by 12 uh, clubs who've wa- who want to take power into their own hands. Um, and it is the the most blatant power grab and F you to fans that I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Uh, me and Dom are here to try and unpack all this. A lot of requests for us to do this and it was immediately on our minds uh, because this is, I think, the biggest sports story. Definitely biggest football story in my lifetime. Um, it, it's surreal to me, to be honest. Uh, I can't believe it's actually real. I couldn't believe that the the, the proposals, was it late last year, were even real. Um, and now mm. they've just, they're, they're trying to hijack football, is how I see it. Um, Don, what do you make of it? Well, I mean, I'm in shock, really, um, like lots of people. But am I, is it that surprising? No. No, it's not really. It's been a slow burn. Um, the reason why it's so shocking, though, the reason why people hate this so much is because it really just highlights the problems that have been with football for, for, for many, many years. There's always been a massive disparity between the, the wealth um, and the intentions of these owners um, and just normal football fans that put their money in every week to go and watch their favourite football club. Now, we've had the project of the Premier League for a number of years and it's be, it's benefited a great number of people. I think it's benefited sport in this country. It massively has. There's been projects where a lot of the money's gone down to the lower leagues. There's been great incentive programs to the FA and the Premier League um, and it's benefited football as a whole. And the reason why it's benefited football as a whole is that it's up until now, it's kept the, the wealthy owners happy because obviously they're getting their paychecks every week. And it means that, you know, grassroots football gets a good amount of money. The football, the, the money trickles down. The best players want to come and play in the Premier League if we're just talking about the Premier League solely. So it's massively benefited it. But the main thing that's always benefited it is that we've had this pyramid model. We've had this system whereby the best teams win the league. Now, you know, um, the players get, uh, sorry, teams get promoted, relegated. It's a system based on your ability to play the game. You get out what you put in, what? don't you? Exactly. And um, obviously we've had, we, there's these minor issues. Obviously people can make the argument with the Premier League that yes, the big teams have all the money or the teams like Man City that are taken over by huge, you know, sort of... Um, nations. Well, basically governments at this yeah. point, you know what I mean? Um, a bit like PSG as well. But, you know, have, have the upper hand. Well, they do. But with this Super League model, it takes away everything. Leicester City would never have happened yeah. in this Super League model. You know, when Nottingham Forest, okay, not the Premier League, but when Nottingham Forest got promoted and then won the league, that kind of thing would never happen in this model. Um I think the reason why it's so shocking, just to distill my point, is it highlights all the problems with football and it's toxified them, basically. It's put it under a microscope. Yeah, you've used the right word, distilled and bottled is what I'll do it. Is every little thing we have that is wrong with the game that we uh, have problems with is on full show. The things that we've accused uh, these clubs and these owners and these executives of... Uh, being soulless, not caring about fans, just being in it for the money. Um, 
not not as if we didn't already know, but they're on full show now. Uh, because this is all this Super League is to do. It's a mm. non-competitive, as much as they'll try and pr- promote it as competitive, uh, league, which goes against the fundamentals of this sport we love. Um, because, as I said, you get out of this game what you put into it. Um, if you play well and you play the best team in the league, odds are you win the league. If you're the worst, odds are you go down. And 99% of the time, that's what you deserve. Uh, and that's what you get. So The thing is... is- it's that I had this conversation with a friend of mine and we were discussing it at length and we went quite deep into it last night. And um, he was basically the point of the argument we were discussing was um, this has been the this has been the culture for for a great number of years, you know, since the sort of back end of the Premier League. And it's not the case that it's a new thing. You know, greed has always been part of the Premier League. Uh, money's always been a massive part. Now, there's nothing wrong with clubs making a good amount of money. Me, personally, I have no problem with that, you know, at all. That's all. Um, part of it is a business, part of it is a sport. Fantastic. The problem is, is when the differential gets tipped. And the differential with this proposition is massively tipped into the favour of profit over the sport. And a lot of the stuff that's come out, I mean, especially today, about there's been leaks from uh, board members of these, uh, you know, self-proclaimed big six clubs. Yeah. The top um, six, six execs saying our aim is uh, our aim and our priorities, the profits of the club, um, that whatever yeah. you said, the fans or the the other bit is secondary. Um, and, and that's exactly. And this what is the it way is. that it looks at. And I mean, you know, these we we know this. We know these owners. We know this is how Abramovich is going to speak and Sheikh Mansour and the Glazers. You know, all these guys. We know that they are going to be so um, out of kilter with the mindset of the average football fan because they're billionaires, they're multi-billionaires that have been for decades and they care about profit over the sport, no matter what they say. They claim to be sports fans, but they're not really. Um, They look at their profit margins and they see that relegation is something that constantly threatens them. I don't know why, because... It's not just relegation, it's it's the risk of not getting Europe. Uh, That's that's another massive threat. That's another massive threat. But and this, what, what this I mean mitigates is, is that, uh, that risk. The Glazers especially have always been very vocal um, and Fenway to some degree about um, Americanizing the sport. Um, and I use that term very loosely. Um, but what they're talking about is a lot, obviously a lot of American sports don't have this pyramid structure and this idea of promotion and relegation. Um, and obviously we've over the years, cultivated some of the culture of American sports. I mean, the playoffs came into effect um, in the championship as well, which wasn't the case before. Um, so we've we've adopted some elements, but there's some elements that are just very, very toxic and very uh, and promote um, this um, vindication of what's right, basically, and promotes this idea of in, um, exclusivity, um, invitational only um, sport, whereby you know there's less competition at play. And this is basically what they're professing with the Super League. Um, It's going to be a bunch of clubs, basically founding members, I think it's 15 clubs or so, that can't move out their league, and then five clubs that will be invited either later on or brought in based on some level of credence that we don't know about at this current moment. Um, But, you know, what we know at the moment is that this pyramid model is just going to go out the window, completely out the window, um, and it's going to be a case of, if you're these 15 clubs, then great. You're going to circulate this money all the way through. And if you're not, you're going to lose out. Yeah, it's the audacity to promote um, 
the money side of it so much to me um, because I don't care and many fans do not care about the revenues you're going to make as a club. You can't profess like, oh, look how much more money we're going to make. We're, we're revolutionising it. It's like, oh, I don't give a toss that you're doing that. I care about the integrity and the the history and the future of this game, which is in direct threat by a Super League. So I don't care about the profits that could be made because those profits are not seen by fans. They're not seen um, mm. by the people uh, that are supported by these clubs, the communities. Um, a European Super League is will not work, in my opinion, because one, the, the Champions League's appeal uh, to many, uh, me included, is its scarcity of the fixtures. It's a spectacle uh, for a few weeks every uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then it's off, and mm. you think, oh, when when are the knockouts? When are the knockouts? And you get the knockouts, then you have to wait for more knockouts. I don't want to see Liverpool Real, Real United, Real Barca, Barca Liverpool, Barca United every every week. I, I don't want to see that. And I don't want to mm. see these clubs compete in this competition, earn their millions and come back and spend it in the Premier League and think they can dominate there. It's not on and it is completely, completely wrong. And I, think... I just hate this audacity of it all. The audacity for it to come out really nonchalantly on uh, Sunday afternoon while Man United were, were playing a game uh, and I think everything would be fine. Arsenal to do it after sacking how many members of staff you know what I mean? Uh, just while they're signing contracts for 350 million. I understand what you mean about it being nonchalant. I don't think it. I think it's been very calculated, and I think the reason why they're doing it now because it's been teased for years. We know this. It's been teased for years. They've talked about it for years. The reason why it's coming out now is because UEFA are talk, have been talking about in the last month or so about um, changing the parameters of the Champions League to try and get some more, um, you know, sort of lower league well, it's, teams. It's to stop this the, risk. Um, and it's just, and the big clubs hate this. They don't like the idea of what they see as, um, you know, sort of lowering the quality. What they see as lowering the quality of the league by allowing these kinds of teams into the Champions League. But the Champions League is about European football. It's about being the best European team. So if you've not got teams from all these different countries, then what are you the champion of? You've got to have it if this is the point of the Champions League. Well, I think, but I they think don't the care reform, about that. The reform makes it, uh, gives these big clubs even more of a guarantee. So I think the reform is to appease... Uh, these teams to stop them from breaking away into a Super League, but they've they've signed official. They've, well, they've not maybe not signed anything, but they've made official statements. They've put out official intent to be one of the twelve founded. Is this that something to be proud of? You know, we're seeing the founding. Or is it twelve clubs that West Brom are a part of? You know, Villas and other Notts Counties and other Accrington. All these mm. teams. These are the founding teams of the football league and they're trying to push this narrative of these 12 founding clubs give a toss about you being the founding club yeah. of this bullshit super league I don't care be gone with you Gary Neville hit the nail on the head probably 10 times he did. in his interview on he Sky and if you watched his um, uh, Gary Neville podcast as well uh, he probably hit that nail on the head well, yeah. 10 or more times it was unbelievable and Gary Neville's very vocal about stuff like this and he was very right and so he should be to... and he's, he's also the perfect person to talk about it because he's a guy that's um you know, Manchester United legend is an owner of a current lower league side. He's been a manager. He's been a coach. Well, he he's says himself. He says himself he's how he's made level. money. How he's made money from being a player. How he makes money from being a pundit, uh, and and how he how he understands the money in football. But how this is a complete step in the wrong direction and a step towards greed um, and monopoly and all these horrible things that are wrong with football that we want to avoid. Yeah, it's, I think it's, um, it's, it's the only thing. It's not even shocking at this point because we know what these guys are like, but it is yeah. such a blatant fuck you to these fans 
my god, such such a uh, a careless act. And they're trying to push like, oh, in the middle of COVID, we realise that the distribution of money. No, don't use COVID in this pandemic, which is hurting millions yeah. across the globe uh, who are in financial trouble now because you think it's now the opportunity to restructure it. No, well, it's, it's been, this so is the reason disgusting. why they're doing it. Because they know that they can't, people can't go out in droves, people can't protest it. They're like, we've got to do it now. You wait for it. Look, watch Ellen Road tonight. Watch Ellen Road tonight. There'll be protests outside Ellen Road tonight. I thought about going down myself to document it and to get some interviews, but it's a, it's a bit unreasonable with COVID and the travel. But if it was a bit closer to home, I, well, I, no. I think I'd definitely be there to document this because well, I mean, I mean some serious they know numbers. that they're not going to get the, they know they're not going to get the response that would be normally happen. You know, pre-COVID. They know that that's not going to happen. But I think I want to touch on your point about the founding members of the Football League, us being one of them, obviously, West Brom. And for me, it comes down to intention. So the intention of creating the Football League was to have, you know, the first proper um, individualised fixture list to get these clubs together. So we had a proper portfolio of matches, getting everything sorted. And then you fast forward, you know, roughly 100 years later, and you've got the creation of the Premier League. And the creation of the Premier League... I mean, I spoke to a couple of people that are way older than us because when the Premier League was created, we were, um, you know, I was very young. I think I was like one years old. You weren't even born. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we weren't there from the inception of the Premier League. But the whole point of the Premier League was to create a, a stimulus. It was about money. Premier League was about money. And Don't profession, get me wrong. Professionalizing the game. Professionalizing the game. But it. It was about an in, but it was about an injection of money, yeah. right, at a time in order to benefit every team in this country that's what it was about it was about benefit it was spreading the wealth it was keeping this pyramid system this system of um, meritocracy that we've had for hundreds of years and and is a basis of basically every level of sport yeah right every level of sport this level of competition but the inception of this new league right flies it's, completely in the it's face devoid of, of every yeah. single one of those principles you've mentioned Exactly. It's purely for greed. It's purely for self-interest. And it's the complete antithesis of all the um, structural change that we've had for over 100 years of football to get us to a point where there's literally 3 billion people on this planet, you know, watching football. It's the biggest sport in the world. It's got the biggest mass of any sport, the reach of any sport in the world and ever has been. And the reason why is because we've got these founding principles. It's a language. Football's a language. Uh, you, I, you don't need to know. A, uh, you, you, I could go to Brazil and play football and communicate with football. Uh, I could go and play in the streets of any country and be able to do it because everyone understands football. Yeah. Uh, especially in a lot of places across the world. Uh, and that's what is so frustrating when these clubs do this because it, it, it spits in the face of all this. Some great quotes from. Mm. The UI for president about all the spitting in the the face of football lovers. Or we'll get into more of his quotes in a bit. But my God, it, it's just so disgusting. Um, in well, yeah, the I mean... Premier League, the Premier League was created in my yes to get the injection of money to, uh, to reform the English game, but to bring in even more levels of professionalism, and it boosted the English game. What does this boost? Look at the reaction from fans. Has. What does this boost? It's been. It's been a massive benefit for the game, the Premier League, and everything that's come about. It. It's the money, everything. The level the level that we're playing at now, you know, the training facilities, everything is massively improved under the creation of the Premier League and it's made for a better spectacle, for, made for football, a better sport. Football is at the best level of competition, um, as in, like, ability-wise, it's ever been at. Competition's there to be argued because, obviously, some teams run away with leagues every year. Uh, but that's besides the point for what I'm saying. Um 
but what what I find so frustrating and how these guys get this American format so wrong all the time is because there are fundamental things that aren't compatible with football and this type of Americanization. So some things like the review system, I'm fine for a review system which is heavily American influenced. But when you look at systems in America that don't use the pyramid, they use a draft system. So the worst teams mm. are also rewarded by getting higher draft picks. So then it yeah. tries and balances it out like that. But now we're looking at a a, a non-competition-based uh, league with no promotion, no relegation. With There's nothing gained to anyone from this league. But am I right? In the am same I right way, money ball with can't be system? translated. It just doesn't work. Am I right in thinking about the draft system? Because, again, I don't know much about the draft system. But am I Because I don't watch any American sports. But am I right in thinking that, like you say, with the draft system, the worst team in a league, say it's American football, gets the first pick of the up-and-comers, basically, get the, best odds. the draft system. Yeah. But isn't it like the best teams, you know, the teams with the most money, they can choose to pay off those lower teams to get the pick before them or to take or to take that player away, something like that. Um, so I, money's still a massive component of it. I can't speak on the NFL, uh, but I could definitely speak on the MLB and the NBA, as far as I'm aware. Uh, the worst teams, uh, the worst you are, the best odds you have are getting the number one pick. Uh, and if a big team wants that pick, they would have to trade, obviously it's a trade system in America, considerable uh, assets they have in players uh, in order to mm. get that first pick. Um, so money doesn't talk as much in that sense. However, when that player's contract comes up, it is these these teams can swoop in and get them, especially in baseball where there's no salary cap. Um, mm. So say if this player came up through the Detroit Tigers... Uh, there's a lot of weird things on contracts in the in the MLB, but uh, when he becomes a re- unrestricted free agent, about he could do that between 24 and 27. The Yankees could sweep in and pay him 200 million for five years and take him immediately. You see, I like like you said, I like some elements of the draft system, but pragmatically, it it really wouldn't work in this country unless you had massive reform because we've already got the academy system. Yeah, and clubs you can't. already have these we're academies, at, so it we're can't looking work. at 150 years of of uh, of this system to then just scrap it and then try and introduce the draft system. It's impossible to do. Um, and there's not many but that comes, in the world. That comes into the core intentions of the owners of these big six clubs. Why do they want this? Why do they want this to happen? It's so they can consolidate their wealth. That's what they want. Yeah, They want to consolidate their wealth. They, they don't want a draft like system. Increase power. Like we just talked about a draft system, but whatever. They wouldn't want anything like that because they've already got the academy system. It works well for these owners, the academy system, because they can pour money into it. They can stop young players going to you know sort of lower league teams and they can just bot- hoover them up, pay them money, keep them in and loan them out to these clubs. So it works out perfectly. So the ideal the ideal for these guys, Sheik Mansour, the Glazers, um, Fenway Sports, all these guys. This plays the perfectly to the hands them, of the Glazers and Fenway. Absolutely, but this is per- but this is perfect because this is what they want. And I honestly, and some people, some reports have said this: they they want to be expelled. They want to be expelled from the Premier League. They want to be expelled from the Do Champions it. League. I don't care because it means they can focus purely on this league. Now, for me, what are the pragmatics? to combat in this how do we stop this it's great for for everyone to go it's it's shocking whatever i know that as we're recording this at um half past four on uh what's the day today 19th. uh the 19th um that i think there's going to be an announcement in the uh on in uk parliament in the commons from the culture secretary about this we don't we're not privy to that at the moment but it looks like there could be government intervention on this which is paramount huge i don't think there will but in the in the sense I think that there needs. needs to be 
I agree, it needs to be, but I don't think it will be. You see, there's a lot of smart wording in what um, Boris Johnson came out and said today. Good on him for saying um, it won't go. We we will try and stop it, but it's saying as it stands. So you know these these compromises that they're after could still be detrimental to the game. It could just be um, a dividend payment to the government uh, every year. Which is, if that has no benefit to other football clubs and has no benefit to fans, then it's just as bad. But I can see that mm. these governments are just looking at getting, in the same way the FA has dividends for the Premier League, and this, they want to be able to put themselves in that position to get dividends uh, from these Super Leagues. So well, I, if you heard what Boris Johnson said, Boris Johnson said, um, we'll do everything in our power, I think he said, to paraphrase him, yeah. um, to stop the Super League in its current form from yeah, happening. Yeah, it's the current form bit that sticks in my head because they they just want... like they, Exactly. They, if, they, if they get... If the these if this Super League claims to make however many billions a season, if if each government... Spain, uh, Italy and the UK government get X amount of 100 million each year, they're going to go, okay, we'll push this through. Oh, it's really going to be really good for football and all this rubbish. And it's going to be really good for the progression because they've got what they wanted. They've got their compromise. But it's not It's not going to be sanctioned by FIFA. We know that. It's not going to be sanctioned by FIFA UEFA because when I heard that comment from Boris and, and the, the, the part of the quote that you've just said as well, I thought in its concurrent inception, basically, I thought to myself, God, I hope that UEFA, FIFA, F, the FA don't get bullied into this Super League by threats of lawsuits, government pressure, all this kind of stuff, that they're forced to sanction this Super League and push it forward. I don't think that's going to happen, especially the conversations that have come out today from some of the highest officials at the UEFA. Um, it's never going to happen. Very strong so words. It's going, to be, it's going to be a case of these teams could be expelled. What I hope will happen, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping for this, is that I think it could could be a good thing that this has happened. I feel like there is a bit of a civil war. One of the guys called it a nuclear war. Nuclear war. Yep. It's basically it's basically a war on the culture of football. That's what's happening at the yeah. moment. Uh, what, um, what these Super League teams that... are banking on is this, this modernisation of football. We speak about it a lot, don't we, Dom, about uh, you can support a team from anywhere in the world from your armchair because of the internet, because of TV, and all of a sudden you could be the most avid fan, you could buy the most stuff, you could spend the most money, you could even travel to some games from anywhere in the world, and this is what these Super League teams are banking on. They're banking on pushing these new superstars to, to younger audiences. They don't care about me, they don't care about you, they don't care about our dads, they don't care about our other members in our family, your members, the audience, they don't care about your family members, they're looking for this new audience of football fan, and Which whatever people they can come across. insane, mate. Like, if you were to run a business like that like I, I heard terms today from the Manchester United um, I think it was like the uh, the fan association one of the chairman shout out, shout out to a lot um, of the fan associations for standing up Red Men TV they've put banners outside Anfield uh, a few uh, a lot of Liverpool fan uh, groups are taking their flags out from Anfield yeah. a lot of stuff coming but out he from said a lot of other he teams. was basically saying that um, he was saying that he's had conversations with the board before they've had they've had good communication this has been a bit of a shock but what he was saying was some of the terms that the owners use so he calls you know, a lot of the owners and the, the guys that are surround them call these, you know, fans like us legacy fans. That's the term they use. Yeah. Legacy fans. So fans that care, care about the history of clubs that will go to clubs, you know, irregardless of league position, things that are happening. So basically loyal fans. Legacy fans equals loyal fans. Um, and what they're going after is sort of these, I don't want to use, but they're, you know, fans that kind of are in the game, are out the game, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a business owner, I'm thinking, surely you go after the legacy fans. The guys that will be looking at your club and 
supporting your club even if you're doing well or doing badly if we went down to league one be we'd still be making this podcast wouldn't we if we went down to league one we'll still be making the podcast if we went down to yeah. league two we'll still be making the podcast you and, know and giving money to the albion yeah and giving money to our respective clubs so the problem is it's ambition for ambition's sake now for clubs like real madrid who i hate you know i, I shouldn't say that but the administrations at real madrid people like perez are the antithesis of football and perez could suck his march time. he's a dusty you He's yeah. chatting all this about, oh, we'll just create our own World Cup. Shut up, you dickhead. I dislike him immensely. It's such a blatant power grab. And honestly, what, okay, before we jump into all this, because there's so much stuff to unpack here. Um, you said it's it could, crazy 24 hours. It really has. You know, you said it could be a bonus. And I think, I think if even if they don't go through be. with it, these six teams in the Premier League, because obviously we're in England, we'll talk about them the most. These six teams in the Premier League have essentially tried have put the, the groundworks there uh, for a coup, to try and use an analogy. It is a coup. Um, it is a coup. So, if they're allowed to just come back, be the top six, and do what they want, that's insane to me. The minimum I want is point deduction, bans from Europe, and potential even relegation from this league. And I don't even I say that. I, 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 I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it will, happen, but, but I hope it should. I don't relegation, care. Relegation, definitely. I don't care. Uh, you know, if these guys do get expelled and Albion say, woohoo, I don't care about that because in the wider scheme of football, these guys being able to do this Super League is outrageous. But if they are going to do this Super League, I say, yeah, let them do it. Cut all ties and then go toe-to-toe with these guys. Go toe-to-toe with 20 clubs, if that's what they want in their league. With 20 clubs, with however many are left, you know, make potential Mm. other teams out of this. Look at Leicester. Leicester are in a brilliant position to benefit from this hugely, as are West Ham. And all these other teams <clears throat> that are making really good games, Leeds are in a great position. You know, clubs like us could be in a good position to, you know, replace some of them. Everton could push up. I'm not saying we'll replace top six. I'm I'm saying we'll replace that middle table stuff and well, become part is, of a new Premier League that could the challenge. The thing is for me, the thing for me is that a lot of fans are like, well, Albion can stay up if the big six get relegated. First of all, the big six aren't going to get relegated if they if, if they stay in the league. That's not going to happen because that that will be detrimental to the actual Premier League if the Super League doesn't happen massively. That's not going to happen. Secondly, say if it did happen or the the Super League happens and Albion stay up and then some extra teams in the Championship like Barnsley come up, It'd which be they've been doing really well. Upwards, it? It's what's the point in staying in the Premier League? The Premier League is basically going to be the Championship at that point because the quality's gone or the quality's lowered. So it's kind of like. It, it's it's not got the same effect. A bit like the FA Cup has kind of lost its uh, allure, you know, and the big clubs don't play for it anymore because it's not as important as, as it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. So it's going to be that sort of kind of thing. What I meant was that I felt, felt like it's going to be a good thing is not for Albion, not for Albion. I mean, it could be good for football. And hear me out, like with this potential civil war that's going on in football is... I think what could happen is there's going to be a lot of external pressures on this Super League. It could not happen. It might not be able to happen. So if it doesn't happen, I think there'll be there'll be fines. There might be point deductions. There's not going to be relegations. But what I mean is, I feel like that this has been bubbling for a while now. This um, combat, combative nature between owners and between the wider fan base and between, to be honest, the administrations that control football clubs that yeah. aren't on board with this and the coaches. You know, are you telling me Jurgen Klopp's going to be fine with this and the coaches and the I players? They're you, not. You can't tell um, me Jose didn't walk today. You can't tell me Jose didn't walk today. You cannot. No, exactly. But what I mean is, coming back to my central point, is I feel like th- there's a reason why Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, 
these clubs in Germany did not sign up for this. Even and it's PSG. because they've got the 50... It's be, Well, in Germany specifically, it's because they've got the 50 plus one model. Yeah. And that model means that they control the vast majority of a football club by its by its um, by its fans basically by its members its members control the the majority of a football club and only f- uh, a foreign influencer can only control the minor share and I've been ch- I've been wanting something like that or a similar model for years in this country and the reason why it's not happened is because of you know corporate greed capital you know toxic capitalism whatever political buzzword you want to use. But we've got to a point now where, yeah, the money's been great for the Premier League. It's been great. It's increased the the the, um, the quality of the game, blah, 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 blah. But it's like any form of balance. It's tipped over to the point now where these clubs have so much power, so much influence. They don't care about the sanctions and the, and the league and the way that things happen that they signed up for because they feel like they're more powerful than the league and they have more influence. So there needs to be massive governmental reform, structural reform, and I would love to see a model similar to the German model employed at a legislative um, at a legislative level basically it's going to be difficult to do at the start um, but I feel well, like it's probably the best if thing if there are fines levied against these teams they won't be paid for years because they'll be if they are banished or whatever there'll be years of legal proceedings to, to wiggle out of these fines or to reduce these fines so they won't be paid for years and I'm not convinced that they won't be paid by potential sponsors anyway you know, we were speaking earlier about like J- JP Morgan. Exactly. <laughs> You're telling me that God's JP sake. Morgan, who probably have a massive vested interest in this new Super League, won't go like like Nike with Jordan when he was wearing the band shoes. They paid every single fine he got because it was brilliant publicity. They're not going to go. It's all right, guys. We're JP Morgan. We'll pay you to your fines because this league is going to be huge. Because it can be huge and it probably will be huge because some fans will watch it and they will attract new fans. But my point is, is that I your point about the quality of football. If it is going to be true, because I think there might be some players that will boycott it and remain in the Premier League, um, it will only be true for a few years because then the quality of football will return, players will be attracted back, the youth systems will continue, uh, and then Premier League, if it does take a hit, the Premier League quality will be back within one or two years because the money would have shifted to these other clubs. Leicester will start buying these players and they'll go toe-to-toe. Uh, with the Super League, as would La Liga, as would you know the Bundesliga, who haven't got any clubs involved at the minute. They're in a great position to go toe-to-toe. Uh, and as would the other clubs in Italy and France. But the thing is, is that let's talk about the money. Where's the money come from? It comes from fans. It comes from fans. It comes from TV deals. The TV deals are based upon the fact that fans are going to watch, based on advertisers. So if fans aren't watching... They're not going to get the money they're projecting. They're projecting 300 million, 400 million a season to be distributed amongst these top 15 teams. So it's great for Real Madrid, who, to be honest, the, the La Liga model is terrible. If you're a, if you're a, a club outside the top three or top four in um, La Liga, compared to the Premier League, the, the percentage um, amount of money that you're getting from the league from TV revenue is, is shocking. The top two are getting basically the lion's share, and it's the way that it's been structured because of the power base that Real Madrid and Barcelona have had for, for many, many years. You know, there are other teams that are making the most of it, like now, like Atletico, are also part of this 15-team Super League um, setup. But follow the money. So it's going to come to the fact that they're going to have to be some very, very brave feet people in the in sport, basically, there's going to be, have to be managers, players that stand up and say, no, I don't want a part of this. If the club are going in this direction, I'm taking you to court. I didn't agree to this in my contract. I didn't agree not to be able to play in the World Cup, which has been threatened by FIFA and UEFA and whatever. Um, I'll take you to court. I refuse to play. And it's going to have to come down to some really, really brave people standing up for a sport. I mean, I think Hector Herrera talked about it earlier today. And obviously, he plays for Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, and uh, Herrera. Uh, but it has played for Man- and Herrera, sorry. Um, 
Hector Herrera is the other guy. <laughs> um, but he was talking about it, and it's going to have to be people like that. But, I mean, Ander Herrera is a guy that's coming close to his retirement age. His club's not directly involved with it, so it's a bit easier for him to talk about. But if Paul Pogba comes out and talks about it, if, you know, Harry Kane comes out and condemns it... Well, Kane's, these guys Kane's been on it? Instagram saying thank you to Jose Mourinho. And whatever comes out about Jose Mourinho actually being sacked because of results, it's very convenient timing um, for that to happen. Because it, uh, me personally, you can show me what you want. Official sources say he's sacked on revolt results. You don't sack a manager a week before your first cup final yeah. in years. Exactly. Uh, one of the greatest managers that has ever lived, regardless of uh, results. He got into that final and the team is crap anyway. So you, I saw a bigger project there. So you can't tell me that Jose Mourinho hasn't got a problem with this and has been yeah. sacked as a result. I don't care. You can throw all the sources in my face and that'll be the only time I'll... Well, apparent fact. That's the only time I'll deny apparent facts. It's not facts because it's very easy for a football club to say, oh, tell, I'll tell my source this and that source tells this source this and they can control the narrative. It's very easy. So I 100% agree with that. I guarantee, I guarantee that they would have sacked him at the end of the season. Um, because his run of form has been terrible. And um, and I said to you at the start of the season that I thought Mourinho wouldn't last at Tottenham and everyone laughed, but it, it turns out he hasn't. But I guarantee you, like you just said, there has been a conversation after this came out yesterday um, that Mourinho's gone to Daniel Levy and gone, what the hell is going on with the Super League? Why didn't you tell me what's going on? It flies in the face of my fundamental principles of football. And Daniel Levy's thought, well, I'm going to sack you anyway. Might as well do it preemptively. But who sacks a manager, like you say, just before a, a final? Um, you know, at this time during the season as well, when they're, I think, what are they, like four or five points off top four? Something like that. It's an integral part of that season. So there's definitely more to play. And it will probably play out over the next few I mean, days. I'm interested to see what Klopp says. Uh, Klopp's been very vocal about a Super League in the past. Yeah. Uh, being anti it, against yeah. it. I mean, Thomas Tuchel dodged questions all his press conference saying, I, I trust my owners to do uh, what's best for the club. So very yeah. smarmy answers there. Um, but I just want to I just want to draw attention to uh, quotes from uh, Alexander Zephyrin, uh, who is the uh, UEFA chief executive, UEFA president. Sorry, my bad. Uh, he's condemned uh, disgraceful proposals for a new European Super League. Uh, he said, "I cannot stress more strongly, UEFA and the footballing world are united against this disgraceful, self-serving proposals we have seen, fueled by purely by greed. It's a nonsense of a project." Um, which is something when everyone's agreeing with UEFA and FIFA, because even yeah, these, it says a lot, doesn't it? Even these corporations are bad. Uh, he had these a lot boring to say. desk jockeys yeah. talking very passionately about this. <coughs> he had a lot to say about Ed Woodward uh, and Andrea Agnelli. For those who don't know, uh, Ed Woodward, I believe, is chief executive at uh, United. Manchester or he's, United. He's yeah. very high up at Manchester United, and Andrea Agnelli is uh, uh, an executive, a very high up executive uh, in Juventus. Obviously owns uh, the Fiat company as well, I believe, the Agnelli's. Um, he said, if I start with Ed Woodward, he called me last Thursday saying that he's very satisfied with reforms, uh, i.e. to the Champions League, uh, and he fully supports them. Obviously, he already assigned something else. Uh, Andrea Agnelli <laughs> is the biggest disappointment of all. I've never seen a person lie so many times as he did. It was unbelievable. Um, wow. Uh, and he, he, he actually said, I was a criminal lawyer for 24 years, but I've never, ever seen people lie like that. So, very, very strong this words. This will come out in court, mate. Thought. Honestly, I, I'm hoping that this is going to... like Just to reiterate my point, I hope that this is really going to blood in some new reform and really showcase the the toxicity um, of these owners, basically, at these clubs. 
because there's there's a bunch of people at board level that don't support this this kind of incentive. The play, I'm sure the players don't support this kind of stuff. I'm sure the manager doesn't. But it's whether or not they have the courage to do so. You talk about Tuchel saying that he has um, confidence in his owners. I mean, behind closed doors, he really doesn't. This flies in the face, surely, of every ethical principle that he holds about sport. But he just is trying to toe the line for the sake of his job and Who's to this? do what he loves doing every day. Thomas Tuchel. So... You know, it's it's the same with all the managers. It's like, are they going to stand up, fly in the face of what they believe, uh, and and stand up for what they believe in and the principles of the actual sport? You know, for the fact that they might be sacked for talking against the club and talking about the administration that runs their football clubs. Um, but I feel like we come to a head. This this is what needs to happen now. And if we don't, we're going to see the steady decline of the sport because you're going to see the competitive nature of the sport start to decline with these clubs all coming together. They feel like it's going to be the best for the sport. That's what they think, but it's not. It's just a money grab. It's self-interest, uh, and they're perpetuating that it is just so they can push it through so they can make even more money for themselves. Yeah, well, that's what it is. It's making money for themselves. It's self-serving. Um, Zephyrin put it really well. Um, I'm just looking at some stuff here. 21-22 Premier League, Leicester, West Ham, Everton, Leeds, Villa, Wolves, Palace, Saints, Newcastle, Brighton, Burnley, Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, Norwich, Watford, Swansea, Brentford, Bournemouth, Barnsley. Um, yeah, we've lost some big 16s there, but there are also some relatively big clubs historically. A lot of things have been said. I've seen Neville say it. I've seen Rooney say it about... Well, uh, you know, what even is the big six? You go back so many years, the big six includes Forest and Villa. You go back even more, the big six includes Wolves and these other yeah. teams. Uh, Rooney said, well, what even is the big six? Because there's a lot of teams fighting out for top four anymore. Arsenal struggled against yeah, Fulham the other night. Yeah, people were laughing at Arsenal, weren't they? <laughs> Arsenal couldn't even beat Fulham last night. Mm. And we're talking about them being part of a European Super League. It's laughable. And we're t- honestly... Well, AC Milan are in that, mate. AC, AC Milan, Milan have been that. an awful club for so many years. Inter were an awful club for so many years. Man City were a nothing club for a number of years. I understand that Man City have history. I get that. But they were awful for a number of years. And they, they haven't won the the European Cup. Uh, and they were, weren't in the European Cup for a number of years. Well, they're a so team a that massively benefited for the Premier League and the, and the lax... Uh, financial laws that we had. Obviously, we have financial fair play now, but that needs and is going through reform because, I mean, Man City flew in the face of financial fair play. Obviously, there was that stuff with Riyad Mahrez uh, when he signed for £40 million or £50 million. Pounds, um, and nothing really has come of that because they've dragged, Man City have dragged um, UEFA through the courts and, and, and FIFA through the courts and everyone else. And they basically condemned the footballing authorities. And when I, when I read about that Mahrez case, and what the chief executive at Man City was saying, basically just disregarding all the all the you know sort of regulatory bodies that we all have to, as football clubs and fans of football clubs, know about respect and whatever for the sake of sport, mm. and just talk about the fact that they had such disregard for these for these institutions that we all accept the rules about and everything else. You kind of realise that it's it gets to a point where these clubs just have absolute power and it's got to this point now and that's why I feel like this is going to shine a light on it. So I'm hoping that the Super League doesn't happen and I hope that it's going to be a, a pinpoint that's going to sort of kick kick our government and kick other governments, the Spanish government and whatever, up the arse and get them to start legislating against this kind of stuff happening um, and really stop. I think Gary Neville said it, stop football eating itself. 
um, because with this level of success and financial success and all this kind of the kind of stuff, you know, it has a risk of of killing itself off. Yeah, it does. You know, it has, and and this is what's kind of happening. So we need to have a regulation in place, legislative regulation, at, you know, government level, but also at a, re- a footballing regulatory level Absolutely. to stop this from happening. There's a lot of things that need to be done. You've hit the nail on the head about regulatory bodies, government, and independent um, within their own leagues because. You know, football is a, is a really big um, juncture. Uh, you said, and uh, as you said, and Neville said, it's eating itself. You know, there's a, a level of sustainability in football that doesn't exist. You know, people crying out for help to the lower leagues, uh, mm. uh, but instead they're going to create their other one, which is propagated on massive revenue. It's it's yeah. it is just throwing a middle finger up to up to fans, up to other owners, up to other clubs. Um, but you know, it just you know let's not be I'm not mad I'm not mad at Liverpool the crest Liverpool I'm mad at Fenway I'm mad at the people yeah. who own it who run it same with every other club involved it's important to make the distinction it I is. absolutely agree and it's important because... for these fans to stand up against them to actually turn, yeah. actually look at their their own clubs and the owners and actually stand up to them and say that that's not what they want and it's you know to boycott these games if you mm. then go if you are Again, I saw, I saw Stan Collymore, he said, someone phoned up to the radio, said, oh, I'm against it, but I'm still going to be going to the games. Don't do that. Don't say it's wrong and then go to the games. Yeah. Boycott it completely. Well, this is, this is the difference between people lose the idea of the idea of principle, right? And this is where it comes down to that we're all football fans and we're all club football fans. We all love our club. We all watch our club. Um, but we also watch football. Football is the paramount of that, right? So if you're losing your principle of football, then everything else is going to start toppling down with it as well. And this is what I mean. People start need to start being brave. People in positions where they can actually have influence in this need to start being brave. I mean, fans can be brave because they can boycott this, basically. Yeah. And it's good to see that a lot of these fans, a lot of Liverpool fans, Man United fans, have derided this kind of stuff, right? And so and so they should. Um, I, was, I was fearful that a lot of these Man United fans and Liverpool fans might come out and go, well, yeah, Super League's a good idea. We can um, put Barca and Real Madrid every week. My mate is a United fan. But he's, he, he's, he's genuinely at a loss for it. He, he, you know, he's been like, United have actually meshed up his life and he doesn't know what to do with himself uh, in a footballing terms. You know, he said, like, if they actually do it and it goes through, because he's, he, he's, he's, he's closest club is United, but he's, he's, his dad's from Manchester. He's a United fan, so he's a United fan. He goes, if they actually go through with it, and then I'm just going to support United. I'm just going to support West Brom. You know that he's actually going to boycott this club, and I think that'll be the case for a lot of them. For a lot of these legacy well, fans is... that they want to, uh, they, they want to uh, uh, leave by the wayside. Then I think we're well within our rights to leave them by the wayside. You know, I've read yeah, out them... there's three billion legacy fans, mate. We yeah. currently have three, like three billion people that currently watch this and watch it regularly, and you're going to leave basically what is it? Is it like eight or nine billion people on this? <laughs> you're going to leave a I'm third sorry. of this world, a third of this world, basically as you know, it's the biggest sport in the world. Fans. It's the biggest sport in the world. As much as Americans want to say it's not a sport, or that other sports are bigger, as much as these guys want to make it American. You can't because there's three billion of us who are here to defend it and stand up against it. So if you want to go and break away your league, yeah, I don't care. I, well, I do care, but if you end up doing it, then fine, because I think there is ample enough people and ample enough resource to go toe-to-toe with it and bury it in the ground where it belongs. Now, I'm looking at this, um, This if they were uh, uh, expelled or relegated, which is what should happen, but you're right, you know, even though the Premier League, you know, the Premier League has been very, very um, 
open about what they feel about this. Um, but they need to be even stronger in their sanction. They can't just come back, you know, I with mean, their tail between their just, legs and go, could we come back now? No, they need to be sanctioned heavily. Point deductions, European football ban minimum. Maybe even relegation. Say, but I agree that let's might just say, happen. I think it's a good point, is that this isn't the first time where massive clubs in big domestic leagues in Europe have been relegated to the second division for, for corruption. Juve. And this is basically corruption. Juve, it's, it's happened, it happened to, um, to Milan as well. They went down and then Inter Milan became a massive force because they were left in the league for at least a few years. But then Juventus came back and obviously we know Juventus had like I think it was 14 consecutive league titles or something like that. So it does happen. That was basically a regulation and a corruption issue. This is a corruption issue. From all the stuff that's been coming out, it's we a need coup, regulatory it's a bodies. Corruption and fraud. We need regulatory bodies. As if it was a stock market, we're looking at oligopoly. We're looking at um, a restriction on competition. I don't want to get too political. I don't want to get too. Well, it is a oligarchy. Um, but what I'm saying to you is the, prob- the problem is is that with with Milan and with Juve being relegated, fine. Um, it, it, it dramatically, you know, it was it was part of what needed to happen, right? But if you're going to say. If the if the scenario was the case that you drop the top six or the big whatever they're called self proclaimed top uh, big six into the championship, it's going to have massive detrimental effects for a season, two seasons on for clubs like West Brom, clubs like basically all the other clubs. Um, it's going to have massive financial effects. Um, so I don't think that would happen. Um, again, all I want to see is regulatory reform. I want to see these owners being taken to task, mate. I want to see their shares being taken away from them. That could be done at a, pro- at a, at a legislative level, yeah. being bought out by members, have a new member model. The Germans did it perfectly. We should emulate it. That's what needs to happen. Um, and there needs to be a slap on the wrist for these clubs. You are the point deductions, right. whatever. When you're talking about um, government intervention, you're completely right that this can be the catalyst for it. This could be the thing for the government to step in and go, look, every club needs to be 51% owned by fans. It needs to be you know, X amount of fans need to have this say. You know, you can't have this much of a share because we run the risk of creating a, uh, a non-competitive market is essentially what we're looking at and creating yeah. oligopolies within football. Mm. You know, um, there are com- you know uh, there was there's mergers in in, in the world of uh, products and goods and services that have been blocked because it creates uh, a lack of competition, price mm. fixing, all this stuff. We're looking at the same thing, but in football terms. You know, it's masked under, oh, football's a beautiful sport. We just want to, you know, it's not unlocked its full potential. Shut up, because you're lying to people. You're putting a massive F you to fans, and you have done for years, and this is the most blatant use. So but it's true. Uh, if you look at, you're absolutely right, because this is a business, and we know from the rhetoric that's come out from Abramovich, especially today, and all these other owners, um, that it's business first, football second. And like many businesses, like many large businesses in this world, they want to lower competition to the lowest point that they can so they can make as much money for themselves. And this is basically just what's happening. But like you say, at federal level in the United States, here at governmental level, there are regulations in place to break up these kinds of monopolies when they get too big. We've seen it with, you know, like Facebook, all these other massive corporations, pharmaceutical corporations, not getting too political, but it's important to show the distinction between the two because football is a business. It makes billions and billions of um, pounds every year. Um, this is, And it's the motivation for this Super League the only motivation for this Super League well, yeah, um, no I've matter just, whatever the, the, the owners say I've just seen uh, United stocks have risen since the announcement so yeah. that, that just goes to show that the um, the only people excited about this are uh, investors are yeah. uh, bankers Wall are stockbrokers it's Wall Street you know let's go all GameStop on their ass and fucking stop it man and they've been probably tipped off um, <laughs> before it even happened. Yeah, as well. yeah. People have been informed of this, like, oh, 
you know, hush hush, but you know, uh, you know, buy a bit of stock, you know, and then buy some when it goes open. Because you, if if everyone started inflating United stock, it'd be a bit fishy. Because why are people just buying a bag of United stock for no reason? Especially after well, imagine a, a if this whole. Imagine if this whole Super League thing was literally just to inflate United stock. That would be fantastic. It's like Woodward and uh, the Glazers and they sell have their own ulterior motive to make billions and billions of pounds for uh, for their investors and things like that. Know, uh, but a lot of people have said, actually talking about that, a lot of people have said that this is a bit of a ploy um, and the Super League thing's not going to really happen. Um, and it's a big ploy to put more pressure on the regulation, sorry, FIFA and whatever in the UEFA to, to get their way, for these big clubs to get their way. I don't think that's the case. I feel like, you know, with Woodward stepping back from his European Commission duties and a lot of other high-profile chief executives doing the same, um, and this announcement when it's coming out, how it's coming out, the rhetoric that's come out. Um, There's intent. I feel like this There's is actual their, intent. This is intent. I, I would have agreed, but when I see all these clubs um, leaving uh, UEFA committees, Ed Woodward leaving his role at UEFA, there is genuine intent behind this. Uh, so, if it was, uh, I think the one before was a, a, an attempt to sort of uh, get more out of it, and the Champions League reform uh, was something they got out of it, you know, in, you know these legacy places and all this stuff. Um, mm. But now it's gone too far. We'll see, we, we should be seeing stronger sanctions from UEFA, FIFA, the Premier League, the FA, the Spanish FA, all these other FAs. You know, a lot of stuff from Germany to work together. Um, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing this. You know, if they were relegated or if they were to leave and were abolished, uh, not abolished, but removed from the league. Uh, some, you know, they're not as big as these other clubs, but their fan bases are huge and dedicated. Leicester, Premier League winners, uh, more recently uh, than Arsenal. More recently, um, the Tottenham, because Tottenham have never won it. Um, so we're looking at a lot, you know, West Ham, huge fan base. West Ham's a massive club, in my opinion. Well, not massive, it's not as big as the others, like I said, but it's big. Everson's a big club. Leeds is a big club, historically a massive one. Villa's a big club, historically a massive one. Wolves is a relatively big club. Palace is a uh. London club. <laughs> uh, uh, Southampton's there. Uh, Newcastle, historically a big club, still continues to be a big club. Brighton, they're soulless, been them. Um, Burnley, solid club. Fulham, solid club. Us, solid club, dedicated fan base. Sheffield United, massive, dedicated fan base. Norwich, what's the point in Norwich? But again, dedicated fan base. Watford, dedicated fan base. Swansea, dedicated fan base. Brentford, kind of dedicated fan base. Butlers. Um, And then Bournemouth and Barnsley. There is bones here, you know, with these other teams that I'm going, you know, when I'm clutching at straws a bit. Them in the Premier League, giving them stability and the money, they can progress into being... You know what we used to be to the league, and we're progressing into being what Everton are to the league. Everyone takes a step up. It's a reform in the mm-hmm. league if these teams leave. No, for me, it's even that's in the not championship. The case. You know, there's teams in the for championship. Me, that's not the case. You know, I feel the money goes with these big six, and the reason why the money goes with the big six is because they're. Oh, I don't think it does. By people like JP Morgan, they honestly, mate. The 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 advertisers care about one thing, and it's it's eyes on matches. That's all it is. And but this are is there going to be more eyes on those matches? But this is what I mean. People need to take a stand now. These players need to make a stand. The managers, us fans watching these We've games, we've got to boycott it. I'm not take watching a stand it. now. I refuse to. Well, watch I it. won't watch it. And even if you're a Man United fan, like your mate, say you're a Man United fan and you've been a Man United fan for years, why should you give up your club for the sake of these these dickhead owners that have come in in the last ten years or whatever that are basically tourists leeching and taking the money out of the club that you've been watching watching for years? Right? You shouldn't have to do that. Go on the streams. 
Go on the streams, mate. Watch your Super League on the streams. No advertisers. Do that. Watch your club. Support your club. Don't give the money to the advertisers. Don't give the money. Um, to, to Basically, don't give the money to these clubs. And they'll soon come crawling back to the Premier League. Well, that's what I mean. This is the if kind of is, stuff that needs to happen. If there is a mass boycott of this Super League, I, I myself would much, would much, much rather watch Leicester West Ham than watching Barca Man United every other week. I want to see. I want you. We watch the Premier League for the competition, for the uncertainty. We watch the Champions League for the competition and the uncertainty. The problem is, it's the risk the factor is, that is such a big factor to these to these leagues and to why we watch them. So if there is mass boycotts, this mm. and it won't work, and the advertisers will remain there. You know, people will keep their Sky Sports subscriptions. Even there Sky needs Sports to be needs boycotts. boycotts. There does need to be boycotts. Sky Sports won't boycott shit. They won't. The Murdoch Empire, they're not. They'll be fully on this eventually. There's no way they won't. Money makes money, mate. And and this is the problem, is boycotts need to happen to start to start with. And there players needs to be need government to intervention. And players need to come forward to managers early on to stop this from happening. If this happens, if the Super League happens, the problem is time. That's what's going to happen, is the most enthused Man United fans are going to come out and go, I'll never watch the Super League, I'm never going to do it, or watching the streams, whatever. Yeah. I'm never going to be a part of it. Two months down the line, three months, six months, a season, right, after watching the Premier League and his club's not in it, and he's not being able to watch football, he's not being able to go to Old Trafford and watch his club. It's being ground he's down. going to start going, oh, maybe just the one match, maybe just a couple of matches. And a year down the line, two years down the line, he's watching it relentlessly, the Super League. And this is what happens. It's the slow burn. These guys, these owners know that they're going to take a hit in the short term. Public opinion's not going to be in their way. They might lose a bit of money short term, but they're all together. They're keeping the money together. And they know in two to five years or so, they're going to be making double the amount of money they're currently making and have a huge amount of influence. And it's never going to change. So this is why it needs to happen now. It needs to be legislated because at a government level, these guys can't do anything. They can't do anything. At a legislative level, it's the only thing that's going to um, trump what they're doing basically to their football. The, the Premier League needs to act fast in order to either one, try and stop it as does the government or two, get itself in place to ensure that it can produce a, a product on level that will actually uh, satisfy what you said um, these fans that might actually get ground down and end up doing it, they need to move quickly everyone needs to move quickly in this, the boycotts need to happen as soon as possible yeah. I'm talking, Time, timing's massive I'm talking time's now, massive. next year I'm talking now, Stop. maybe stop watching Liverpool games or Stop buying Liverpool products. I'm using Liverpool as an example. Stop buying Arsenal products. Stop buying United kits. Stop buying AC Milan kits. All this stuff. I was planning on buying a Juventus kit at some point. I won't be doing that now. I'm not giving my money. Mm. Uh, no, you know, no. to me, I'm not an avid Juventus fan, but I am a Juventus fan myself. I'm disgusted by yeah, it. Yeah, same. And Yelly, I've got Juventus I, kits. I've got Juventus kits in the in the thing. And obviously with Juve um, changing their logo, I hated that. Never just, mind I, this. Oh my god, I hate the the, the logo is awful. The Agnelli family, not the Agnelli family, but Andrea Agnelli's come out with some stuff in the past, which has been completely bogus. And Juventus have been rightly bounced out of the the Champions League by Porto. Um, mm. And it makes me... I'm disappointed. I'm ashamed to an extent to be to call myself a Juventus fan at times like this. You know, as the same way I'd be ashamed to call myself a United fan, a City fan, because that's what these clubs are doing. But again, like I said, we touched on it before, it's important to, to draw the distinction between the, the owners of these clubs and the actual clubs, because I imagine the, 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 even the players behind closed doors, like I say, are going to be dis- a lot of them are going to be disgusted, but it's whether or not they have the balls, basically. If they have the balls I've to stand seen... up. If managers, if all 20, if, if the Premier League managers, if the top six 
or the self-proclaimed, like I said, big six, come out today and say, I'm resigning. I'm resigning because of this. Well, it's, it's not I want happen. to see what these guys have got jobs. If they if they refuse to play, if they go, I'm resigning. But it's whether or not it's like anyone with any job. They've got mortgages to pay. They've got kids. They've got all this other kind of stuff um, that Which they've got to consider. Always talk about Tuchel, you know, saying what he says because he's in a job at the end of the day. Um, I, I need to look into it more to see if he actually is being spineless or he is just actually, you know, he's got a job and we live in a real world. Um, but I think the Premier League, the Premier League needs to play dirty to an extent. It needs to collude with BT, with BBC, and Sky Sports to peddle as much negative publicity about this league as it can, to ge- to generate as much of a boycott as we can, to uh, generate as much negative press as we can, and to ensure mm. that if it, if it happens, it happens in terrible circumstances that it gets no viewers um, and it is boycotted on a mass extent, or that it doesn't even happen and these clubs are punished because you can't just come back with your tail between your legs and go, oh sorry, sorry Mr Premier League, I, I didn't think it'd hurt you this much, or sorry Mr UEFA, I didn't think you'd get this uh, this butt hurt about it. No, you need to be punished. It's a blade to power grab. I said earlier it's a coup, uh, an attempted one at least. There needs to be serious sanctions to these football clubs because it's at the detriment of everything else. It's at the detriment mm. to their own, let alone us. We get, we're West Brom fans. Our club isn't effect, well, isn't directly involved. It's affected. It's not directly involved. And we're this angry. You know, they've betrayed us that as Premier League fans, as football fans. Imagine the pain being felt by these, these fans um, in, in Manchester and mm. Liverpool especially. I've got a quote for you. Liverpool's the worst one. Neville said it right. He's not attacking Liverpool fans. He's attacking Liverpool owners, Fenway Group, all these. Bill Shankly. Uh, the socialism I believe in is everyone working for each other. Everyone having a share of the rewards in life. Uh, that's It's the way I see football and the way I see life. Now... Your political views aside, that's Bill Shankly's and that's a set, that's Liverpool's. Because Liverpool is a club essentially built on a very similar philosophy to that. You know, it's one of the most socialist clubs in the country. One of the very few openly socialist countries, uh, clubs we have uh, in the UK. Uh, and they're coming forward with this proposition. It spits in the face of every single Liverpool fan on this planet. Look at the things that Liverpool fans... Uh, come together over the boycott of the sun uh the 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 hillsborough disaster uh, and and you know the uh the representation of that what they band up what they come together as supporting each other as a fan group supporting each other as a club uh and and supporting this uh, coming around this football club as their binding glue and now that football club that they love so dearly is now going up oh, we're going to choose profit over that it spits well, in the face not, of everything. I mean, it's it's true to some certain extent, but let's not forget that these clubs have been motivated by money for a very, very long time. Um, but the problem is, is that it's been it's been one component of the game. It's been one component of it. This Super League, it would be the the majority. It would be that it would be the the mass um, proponent of it. The, the only point of this is for these small uh, these small amount of people, these owners, to make even more money and keep it within themselves and to, to lower competitiveness. Now, the idea of the pyramid model, we've said it, is supposed to be a meritocracy, and this flies in the face of that. That's it why does. so many fans hate the idea of it. Um, and I feel like you touched on it, and I, I want to touch on this before we end, um, about being Albion fans, it doesn't directly impact us, and we're still... Um, incredibly pissed off by it and it's because we're football fans and we don't yeah. like the idea of it's a, it's a direct attack on our beliefs of football now the Premier League isn't um, let's be under no illusions the Premier League isn't perfect it's no. really not no, no. Um, it's certainly not a meritocracy in the way that I would like it there's, there's still massive disparities in wealth and um, clubs having huge academies and hoovering up players and all the rest of it um, 
but it's a better model than the bloody Super League's been put out. Um, but I want to see. I want to talk about how it would affect West Brom. Um, I feel like the big six going to a Super League, taking potentially taking money, taking sponsorship, um, making the league less less competitive would be a massive detriment to West Brom, even if we were to stay up under one circumstance, which would mean that, you know, these six clubs being expelled from the league or whatever, you know, we would stay up, but for what? You know, we want to stay in the Premier League based on merit, you know, after playing these clubs and we're good enough to stay up, not be staying up on based on something, you know, like a, you know, six clubs being expelled, basically. Um, it would it would lose all meaning. Um, I, I disagree. Everything loses I don't meaning. think it loses its meaning. Um, I think because, it does. but it's it's unprecedented. You can't. We, what are we going to do? We, are we going to go? Da- are we going to go down and be replaced by? So six teams are coming up, uh, essentially. Uh, are they gonna, then going to relegate us, Sheffield and Fulham, for example, and then promote the seventh, eighth, and ninth team in the championship? No, because it's detrimental to them, uh, and it make no sense. So I don't. It's un. It's unprecedented. So I don't know if we can say that. Or we're staying. No, I think it does. And I think I think if you've got a, if you've got a league of the best teams in Europe that circumvent and are, and are uh, higher than the Premier League as basically a, a, superiority, a superiority of quality, then by definition, that league, the Premier League, has lowered itself in quality. It basically becomes the championship to the Super League. And the championship, the League One, it keeps dropping down. The quality is just not going to be there. And when you're attracting players, you know, and you're Real Madrid, Barcelona, you're the best teams in the world, the best players are still going to go there because the profit's still going to be well, there. And we need, the boycott is what's needed to stop that. Um, exactly, uh, and when I say when I say the, the lack of quality will be in the short term, it is it's propagated on um, this idea of a boycott, actually stopping uh, the Super League, being able to build up the Premier League with this with, it, with keeping the revenue, uh, and being able to build these other clubs to compete them. Um, yeah, but what I was going to say, what was this one thing I was going to touch on? Um, the the trouble that we're going to see is that. We in England, uh, Italy, Spain, Germany, France, across Europe, um, who are so used to football in this system and love football in the system it's in, will very easily boycott it. Very easily, there could be very easily a mass boycott of this league, of these clubs. The trouble that will exist is trying to explain this uh, to fans in America, uh, North in North America, and fans in Asia. And South America and lot for lot that that not necessarily uh, watch the Premier League or the or the European leagues um, mm. for its meritocracy, but they watch it for these big clubs. You see Man United go over to China and they pack stadiums. Uh, you know, you see them going to India and pack stadiums. They go to the the US and pack stadiums. These guys don't understand and this to no fault of their own. It's it's not a, a sport that's massive in their country. They they're not versed on the nuances of football or, or why it's important to the British people. Um, they won't understand why a boycott would be necessary. They don't understand why the Super League is so detrimental because to them, uh, and these these teams in this Super League know this, it's like, whoa, we're looking at 12 to 20 teams, the best in the world, playing each other all the time in this one big league. Wow, it's everything I've ever wanted. I can go and watch Barcelona yeah. and Man United at the same time. I can watch Liverpool and Real at the same time. That's what we. That's well, it's what like, the, it's like that's what trouble is. It's like it's like British fans watching, you know, one or two NFL games a year. You know, they'll watch the Super Bowl or something. But we don't know the um, ins and outs of regulatory bodies no. and stuff going yeah, on at NFL right. level. And the problem is, is that I talked about before. We talked about the intentions of this Super League and the intentions of these owners. And obviously, it's wealth, um, controlling wealth, keeping it within themselves. 
lowering the chances of relegation, not getting Champions League football, you know, lowering everything to a point where there's no risk. Um, it's risk management and it's more money for them. But also another thing that's massively important to them is keeping the amount of games the lowest that it can possibly be. They hate the idea of international football. They'd love it if their players get banned from the World Cup and Euros. They yeah, hate having to their take together. their talent. They love it. And and the thing is with the Super League is that they're hoping that, okay, like I said before, rubbing their hands together to get expelled from the Premier League and they don't have to go in the FA Cup or the League Cup or any of the domestic cups in, you know, simultaneously within Italy and Spain. They don't have to do that. It will just be the Super League. And you've got these, um, you know, if there's 20 teams, then 38 games and that's it. And they could play them all around Europe. They could broadcast them around the world. And they only have to focus on those games. And if the players don't want to play in the World Cup or whatever because they're boycotted, they don't care. They really do not care at all. They don't care. All they care about is um, maximising the money they can get from those 38 Super League games. And obviously there's less chances of their players being injured because they're not in international duty or playing what they consider to be lesser games because of domestic leagues and things like that. Sorry, domestic cups and things like that. So... For them, this plays right in their wheelhouse. And like yeah. I said, we've touched on all the way before. This is why we need to get in front of this as quickly as possible. Get these people out of our clubs. Get the 50 plus one model that they've got in Germany. Get the legislation forward. And really, honestly, I believe this. Use this as a force for good. You yeah. know, at the moment, it's bad. Government pressure. This could be the catalyst, like we said before, to really push on and go, get these pricks out of our game. We don't want it anymore. Well, it's probably uh, around about now that these uh, talks in the House of Commons are going on. Uh, I think you said half four, didn't you, Dom? It's now uh, 20 past five. Um, so hopefully they as have... Recording, yeah. As we're recording, of course. Uh, so hopefully they have started. Um, but, you know, I can, just to close, I can easily see this, this Super League, they're being in a great position to go, oh, introducing... Uh, Super League North America, where they do two games in North America, and then they they'll have two yeah. games in Asia, as the NBA do. You know, NBA London, NBA Mexico, uh, all these things. NBA Africa, when they'll go and play games uh, in London, in Johannesburg, in Mexico City, as the NFL do at the Tottenham Hotspur ground. Um, it's all about this Americanization of it, and I'm very uh, lenient. Uh, if that's the right word, uh, with my use of Americanization sport, because I think there is a bad stigmatism to it. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, there's, there's lots of proponents to uh, American sports that are really, really great, and I really enjoy it. We, we talked about the draft system and elements of that that are review really, system, really great. Things like the this. review system, things like that are revolutionary. You know, even the playoffs, the playoffs and the championship have been a revelation. They've been they're great. Incredible. They're incredible. In some of the best football third. you'll see in, in the country. Uh, and that's and that's part of an Americanized form of of sport. So there's nothing wrong with that. But what it, the problem is again is is when you get to a level of just complete toxicity with something. That's the problem, and it's and it comes down to just personal endeavor, um, and toxicity and blindness. Sadistic levels of wealth. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's a great way to put it. It's greed. Uh, it's blind to the actual problems within the game and what problems this will create. Uh, and they're only looking after their own pockets, uh, not not even the pockets of the fans, because the fans will spend their own money. Me and mm. you will go out and buy season tickets to the Albion, um, and some people will go out and buy season tickets to Man United, but they're, they're not cared about that, because the match day revenue to them uh, is nominal in comparison to the TV revenue they can make, to the ad revenue mm. they can make, to the investment that companies like JP Morgan are going to be putting into this league. Um so these are the things we need to be doing. We need to be outing this league for what it is. You know, instead of uh, you know, if there's a company 
uh, being linked to this. Say if it is JP Morgan, uh, you know, propping up this league, then it needs to be on Sky Sports, it needs to be on BBC. JP Morgan vested interest in this, so they're doing this, they're peddling this. When there needs to yeah, be as much I mean, stuff JP out Morgan there. have had. Uh... I've, I've had worse PR than this, mate. I think. I think oh yeah, I don't, don't get weather me wrong. the storm here, of the Super League. I'm not here thinking <laughs> that the Super League can take down JP Morgan when even a frigging financial crisis couldn't even take down JP Morgan and the mass amounts of criminal activity that happened there. Uh, but there needs to be as much as we can to, to detriment this league and to detriment these clubs because uh, it's a coup uh, and it's a power grab and it's an f you to fans. Uh, and to yep. those fans, I say, let's boycott this league, let's boycott these club, these clubs, let's do all we can to either stop it or if it goes ahead to make the Premier League even better. Uh, Dom saying to reform it. Uh, there's so much that that could be done from our end, uh, and that can lead to more being done from the government and and clubs and the Premier League by putting pressure on. Um, so it's been a long podcast. Uh, currently looking at the time yeah. at 68 and four seconds. Uh, that we've been recording that might be a bit short with editing yeah. but um, good to get but all this off said, big rant from yeah. us um, we know a lot of you guys like want we say, to get we were, in the comments well that was it I, like, we try and keep it as West Brom as possible because we love talking about West Brom and obviously it's still it's still massively important and it's going to massively affect West Brom short term and long term whatever happens um, but it's such a massive issue that we've just got to talk about it and we had a lot to say about it yeah, I mean, some things are bigger than West Brom, not many, uh, but I think the creation of a European Super League uh, that threats the balance of football and the game as we know it might just top that. Uh, so we thank you yeah. for listening. We thank you for the continued support. Um, the likes on the uh, sweet, sweet memes we put out have been great. Um, uh, yeah, thank people you. love the memes. Thank you, fellow kids, uh, because we're totally in touch with memes and stuff. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for the continued support. Uh, the support on the cooldown has been brilliant. Uh, lots of promising stuff to come uh, obviously with fans going back in uh, you never know what might come obviously we've got plans in the works uh, for some stuff so keep your eye out for all of that stuff if you've got any suggestions hit us up at two bags one like bomb on Instagram uh, let us know man we're interested in anything uh, any ideas you might have everyone's everyone's welcome to DM us um, we're always welcoming so thank you guys for listening uh, thank you Dom of course for being with me uh, as always mate uh, and you know We'll catch you on Thursday, I believe, for the cooldown. Uh, I, I don't know what time kickoff it is. So Thursday, Friday, possibly, uh, depending on how late the game finishes for the cooldown. Uh, so thank you for listening. Let's boycott this shite league and let's keep uh, the pressure on. Come on, you buggies, and viva la Premier League.